Welcome to this week's edition of the All Things Georgia Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined with my co-host, as always, Andy Stowe and Eddie from Mackworth, and a special guest uh, tonight. And he always refers to Kevin Butler as the legendary Kevin Butler, right? Well, this is the legendary Jeff Dantzler. Nobody refers to him like that, so we'll do it here. Uh, and we appreciate Jeff coming on with us. Long time. Uh, what would you call yourself, Jeff? Uh, uh, historian uh what's your what's your title if you had one i i would guess lifelong georgia bulldog fan fair enough fair enough and can i answer that walking encyclopedia of the georgia yeah. bulldogs no I doubt. Mean, well i the uh, unfortunately google has made me uh, less viable these days <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah yeah it's taken away from your uh money-making opportunities if you will um, a little bit, but now we've got, we've got uh, Jeff with us here. You know, this show's a little bit different than everything we do here on the channel. We talk about the uh, Braves, Falcons, and the dogs, but we'll start off with the dogs. Uh, first off, let me start off with my co-host. I didn't even ask you guys how you're doing. I'm so excited. Jeff's here. Andy, okay. how are you, bud? And Well, I mean, half of me is really good because Georgia dominated last night. Half of me is really bad because of what happened in Atlanta yesterday. So I'm, I don't know. I'm 50, 50. Let's go with that. So. Same for you, Eddie, or are you feeling a little more? Than well, I'm going to say two thirds of me is good. Come on. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to throw in the Falcons today, Andy, come on. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. But I, I do want to say this. <laughs> I want to say this quickly off the top. I, I watched Miami last night in a chance to win the game, take a knee, and they were in a shotgun, and they handed the ball off and fumbled the ball away, and Tech won the game, okay? And then I watched Jimbo Fisher. Well, this is previous. I watched Jimbo Fisher piss that game away. I thought that was awful down the stretch. He had a chance to beat Alabama. And all that is be, all that comes to this. I want to say this. Thank you, God, for Kirby Smart. He was asked today if he felt his team proved it was still the number one team in the land. And you know what he said? I don't care. I love that guy. Exactly. Hmm. Jeff, so we'll start off with the dogs here. Were you expecting a uh, massacre in between the hedges yesterday that we saw? No, and, and I thought it was one of those deals where uh, Georgia has an excellent team. Kentucky's got a really good team. I, I thought Georgia played great. I mean, the dogs, we had the best game of the year, and it was one of those deals. It, it's kind of the, for me growing up with, Coach Dooley and the Mighty Monks. Uh, Eddie always gives me grief out there on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, I, I always, we're natural-born pessimists, a lot of us. But I, I had this quiet confidence this week, which in turn worried me. It's kind of like the old Harpo Monk, <laughs> a member of any country club that would have me as a member. Uh, <laughs> so I, 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 I felt good. I really felt like we were going to win. But I thought it was going to be, I think publicly I picked, I don't know, 28, 23, I think 21, 19 with, with me and Kevin. But, uh, yeah, I, I felt like we'd play well. And, you know, it, it was just one of those things how it, it comes down to winning the moments. And we're up 21-7 after they score, a couple of shaky calls. Uh, yeah. and, and we get the ball, and I'm thinking, you know, th this is a huge moment here because if they stop us, they could get that two for none. You know, they score at the yeah. end of the the half they scored to start the second half all of a sudden you go from 21 nothing or 21 the stadium gets tight but i thought to come down 
and for Peyton Woodring to make that kick to put Georgia up 24-7. Big. And then it turns out Georgia winds up just, just storming there at the end of the half. I, I thought the, the clock management from the team and from, from Kirby and the coaching staff was terrific at the end of the half just to grab control of the game there. So it, it, it was just one of those magical things. I, I think everything uh, for Georgia went great. And, you know, Kentucky mm-hmm. didn't play their best game. I still think they've got a really good team. And mm-hmm. and I, I think the, the other thing, too, and Kevin and I talked about this. You guys know this. You know, you, if you got a 50-point game, there's a block punt. There's a pick six. So you get like a 75-yard touchdown. Georgia did this with long, long scoring drives. I mean, the numbers, and that is so hard to do, especially against a defense really good like Kentucky's. It, it was, uh, I mean, when you start thinking about putting it in historical context, it's one of the more impressive victories in history. And, and I would add into that, Jeff, there were a couple of drives where it was clear Kirby respects Snoops, right? And it wasn't like – he wasn't airing it out uh, like against a Mullen or whatever. It was hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. This is – I don't want to destroy Stu because I respect the hell out of him, right? I, I agree with that. And and I think Mark Stoops was good too. You know, they made their, their push after the turnover. They got the ball to Ray Davis. And, you know, he, he knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball. You know, they were trying to shorten the game too at that point. And, and obviously, you've got different levels of expectations depending on where you are. And for Kentucky, one of those deals, you know, if you asked a Kentucky fan before this year, let's go back 10 years and say, <laughs> like Florida and Georgia back to back. Are you going to take a split on that? Yeah. Say yes. Oh, absolutely. Sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, another thing that made that scoring so impressive is the running clock. Because now, I mean, the games are shorter, and so you're you're scoring the long drives, scoring a ton, and the clock's running quicker. So yeah, I mean, it's it was a full like that was one of the best offensive performances we've had in the last couple of years, really. So. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a great point too. And and part of that, I I feel like we're this team. I think we're a little bit better when we're going faster. Yeah. I, I, yeah. South Carolina, a little bit against Auburn, and and definitely um, last night uh, against Kentucky. So I, I think this team, they just had great tempo. And another thing, too, big picture, it looked like the guys were, were having fun. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the Auburn game, uh, when, you know, we're sitting there down 17-10, we're on our own two-yard line. It's almost like from that 98-yard TD drive on, this the last five and a half quarters. I, I don't know what it is, but, but just has kind of gotten back to that having fun, being aggressive, and having that hunter's mentality. And you know, Kirby always talks about that, and th- that can be easier said than done when, when you're taking everybody's best shot every game. But I, I was very proud of the team. It was a fun night. And let's face it, guys. Too, it was just a spectacular Saturday in Athens. Oh yeah, the weather. It, it was picturesque, and I think for all of us, we're, we're all lifelong Georgia fans. We're always going to enjoy Saturdays like that. But the fact that, that we don't have that pressure of, of not having won the quote-unquote recent national championship there, we've been able to enjoy this ride. And yesterday was one of my favorite days all time uh, of being a Georgia Bulldog. 
We got a uh, donation here from Jermaine King. He says, Jeff knows more about UGA and Seinfeld than anyone. So you, I love Jermaine. He, he's a good friend, and uh, Jermaine's been a great fan and supporter uh, of all of our programs, and he is just marvelous. And he is a master. Uh, Jermaine, I'll tell you this. I know my superhero movies, too. Uh, I think uh, Jermaine and I could go head-to-head on that and ha- have a fun show. Yeah, Jermaine isn't Newman uh, isn't Newman a big Georgia fan? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Georgia. Yeah, he went yeah. to Georgia. Yeah. Oh, he, he went to Georgia. I didn't even yeah. know that. Okay. He did. I don't think that's he gra- awesome. He didn't graduate. Yeah. Okay. But okay. Yeah. Red Womack says Jeff is all time. So we, we've got a lot of crossover here on, on who watches you and who watches us, Jeff. So it's, they've got to be pretty good people, I would assume. Uh, another question for you here. Carson Beck now is fourth in the nation in passing yards. Uh, Shador Sanders one, Penix is two, and Jaden Daniels is three. And then Carson is fourth. Uh, our, <laughs> I know we've been kind of – talking about Brock Bowers for this Heisman thing, almost tongue in cheek, right? Like it'd be cool if a tight end could do it. You've got a quarterback that I think he's pretty close now. He's been putting up some, some big time numbers. He's fourth now in, in, in passing yards. And I mean, Jeff, let's face it two weeks ago, maybe less than that. People were calling for his head and Bobo's head. And now, now they've got, you know, a, a top five quarterback in terms of passing yards. What, what transition has this been like? Well, I think a couple of things. Number one in football, you got to trust your quarterback and you got to trust your kicker. And we lost, uh, lost. I mean, they moved on as college football. Stetson Bennett and Jack Podlesny are two of the best we've had at those positions. And the last two weeks, the performances of Beck and Peyton Woodring have been exceptional. And so with that, I think that's taken Georgia to that next level. And Carson, just the confidence he has, he's stepping into his throws. And uh, I, maybe it's just a deal this day and age with the uh, the transfer portal. But with Ra-Ra Tom and Dominic Lovett, particularly Ra-Ra getting more integrated into things, and, and getting Dejon Edwards back in, getting him into a groove, I, I just think this offense is in a really good flow right now. Since 2013, I'm sorry, since 2013, Beck is the only quarterback to have three straight 300-yard games. The last to do it was Aaron Murray. You know, and I'm a guy, I think passing yardage as a whole can be overrated because you can be. The three stats I always look at are completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, and yards per attempt. And he was exceptional at all three of those uh, yesterday and certainly has been all season long. But, but I thought particularly yesterday, he was great. He looked confident and, you know, he, he ran the ball a couple times. And I think that's mm-hmm. because, you know, you think about Stetson and especially with Jake, Jake's freshman year uh, when, you know, the quarterback situation was a little bit different there. He made a lot of plays with his legs. If you might remember from at Tennessee in 2017, ran for two touchdowns and Stetson just created so many plays and you know Carson's obviously a different style but his his ability to uh, you know just hang in there make the big time throw into the throws and 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 I think too as we've kind of kind of culled the herd there with, with who we're throwing to 
Yeah. It's great. And again, this is another thing too. Kevin and I have talked about it. It's like right, Dejan's going good. Well, we got Ra Ra. We got Marcus Roseby, Jack Sink. Then oh yeah, here's some Brock. So <laughs> yeah. It, and you, so, you didn't even you didn't even sprinkle in any uh lad or, or love it last night, really too much. You, you just had a light, uh, light sprinkle of both. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and you know, lad mm-hmm. tremendous against Auburn. Uh, catches mm-hmm. oh. that, that he had and now he he just has the ability. This is what you want in a wide receiver: get open, <laughs> catch the ball, and then you know with Laddie, he's so glad he's got great speed. So I I think you're getting some of these guys back. What what that's meant because you know, I don't care how well you recruit and develop. Alan Kirby's the best there is. He's the best coach in the country, and I mean he's he's going to be on Mount Rushmore not just of SEC, but of all-time college football when he's done here. But uh, if you have a two-year stretch where you have 25 players drafted, and then at one point, guys, y- y'all know the injury list. We had 15 guys on that injury list. Who right. Ron Corson says the longest ever in Kirby Smart's tenure. Uh, sure. Right. And, and you're talking about guys, too, and I, you know, losing Robinson. He scored two touchdowns in the national title game. Ladd had two touchdowns in the national title game. Javon Bullard, defensive MVP of the yeah. national title game. That's going to stretch out some. I remember John Gruden said it once, and he kind of, kind of nailed it, you know, five six years ago. And, and yeah, y'all want to hear that coming up. And in the NFL, I know it's it's tougher because you might not have a fresh five star sitting back there. But when, when Gruden said, you know, uh, these starters they're starting for a reason. Okay. <laughs> Better yeah. play. So uh, for us to be able to kind of weather that storm, uh, hit it, kind of kind of have lightning. Strike, Night. And I'm just hoping we can go and, and and beat Vanderbilt on Saturday and not have it be one of those typically tough Nashville early morning games there. Then hopefully get some guys back because it, it's a gauntlet that we've got coming up here. You know, start with that Florida game the rest of the way. So hopefully we can beat Vandy and then, uh, you know, go in the open day, get a little bit healthy and, and get everybody primed and ready for that stretch run. Uh, so I want to. Real quick, Andy. Uh, Brett Weimer was asking, "Do you have a podcast, Jeff?" No, no. <laughs> We've been begging him to do one. Me and Eddie, and uh, we are begging him. Trust me, he's on one right now. He's doing yeah, one right now. Podcast. I, I don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm my wife Emily, who is wonderful. She's my technical advisor. She, she and all my friends' kids. I am, I am beyond low tech. But I, I, I all three of you and and Andy, you, you and Eddie, y'all are such great supporters and i'm greatly greatly thankful and appreciative um i do want to circle one back to um, carson beck one thing you were talking about the yards so he's only 134 yards shy of shadir sanders but here's the thing sanders has um he has thrown the ball or he has 186 completions and carson beck only has 144 so i mean you're talking about i mean it's He's doing it, you know, four quarters, and and Beck's only doing it for you know three quarters of a game, and you know it's nowhere near the amount of attempts. So, you know, it's I don't know, like I was not necessarily on the Carson Beck train, but I think I'm riding that thing now. I think it's a uh, it's in full. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on it. So yeah, and and I th- another thing I think we all like too. It's just the the passing uh, last, and I'm a tailback run game guy, but. Uh, sometimes you, you've got to use that pass to set up the run. And Kirby always talks about being creative with the running game. But I thought it was aggressive. It was downfield. And I know Kentucky did get an interception after a penalty, but but it felt like most of the pass 
we were throwing, they weren't these dangerous types because you guys might be like this. A lot of times, you know, for any team, it's not just Georgia, for any team that anybody's cheered for, it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I felt like we were really, we were attacking and we were just on point. And I'm telling you, getting Dejan back, mm-hmm. hard physical runner, I, I think Dejan and our offensive line really feed off of each other. And we got him involved in the past game too. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys – Sometimes for a, a terrific tailback, uh, some of their best runs, you, you can turn a two-yard loss into a two-yard gain. And Dejan's one of those type guys. He, he's always moving forward. So I, I just think getting him back and, and getting him healthy and in the flow, it, it's really made the offense all come together. And you know, like I said, Oscar Delp caught a TD. But I think right now you had to line up. If everybody was healthy, if you go back, Dejan, Ra Ra, Lad, uh, Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, and, and of course Superman. I think that's a pretty good set of, of six skill position guys. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not bad. You can throw Lovett in there too when one of those guys need a break. Uh, I mean, you got mm-hmm. a lot. You got a lot of talent out there. Um, Jeff, speaking of talent, I've always wondered this because it seems like every Saturday, if I turn the radio on at 9 a.m. or if I turn on it at, at 3 a.m., I can hear your voice. So what can you take us through kind of a, a day where you're on, uh, you know, site, if you will, for a Georgia game? What does that all include for you? Well, the pregame show, the Dog Talk Live comes on, starts four hours before the game. So Kevin and I kind of get up and get moving. And then we do the Dog Talk post game, uh, obviously after the game, then the Bulldog Brunch on Sunday morning. So for the night games, it's a quick turnaround. I thought I told my, my lovely wife, I said, don't, don't get mad at me if I'm grouchy. I'm rolling on about four and a half, five hours sleep. And then on Sunday, busy day uh, with, with, with local shows and the Bill Shank show, we, we take just to kind of let you behind the curtain. Uh, we do our, for the Kirby smart reports, uh, Kirby and I tape those on Mondays uh, between 12 and one. So I tape the, the Monday Bill Shank shows on Sunday Today, I don't know if we're live or not, but but yeah, I, we're live. We're live. Yeah, we're live. live. Yeah. And then, uh, then we've got the Bulldog Illustrated magazine, which uh, f- with, with Vance and Cherie Levy, who who were close friends. So I get about half of that done during the week, and then half kind of after the game, depending on how the results go. So yeah, Sundays are pretty good, but mm-hmm. it's still a little bit laid back, and you know we love to watch football and. And just you know, j- just soak it all in, which I think is very important right now because we are living in this incredible uh, golden time. And I know Eddie and I have talked about this, and, and Andy, I know you've 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 tweeted at me about it too. That like for me, uh, the the early I was eight, nine, ten, and eleven from eighty through eighty three, and like, well, I just didn't know any different. Thanks like to Wayne every year. And, and so now for all of us who are kind of in that, that 50 years old and, and up uh, to get to, to go through this and, and experience what we're doing. And obviously with, with one of our own, with, with Kirby and Mary Beth, it's an incredibly special time. Well, that's the thing. I wasn't even born back then, you know, so I, you know, I was born when it was a little, you know, not as good. And then all of a sudden, you know, it starts rolling with Mark Rick and then, you know, it gets a little stale. And next thing you know, Kirby's here. I mean, this is, 
for a lifelong Georgia fan, this is there's nothing better than this because it's I mean, you know, it's like even last year when we were playing Ohio State, I thought the game we were going to lose. I was like, we just won a national title last year. It's okay. So um, and then to finish it off and win two. So it's this is the dream for a Georgia fan. It is, and definitely to get that second one. Last year's my favorite year in Georgia history because, you know, we had won the title. We got the monkey off the back, and it was an incredible victory ride. And then to have another historically great season. We just sat there and relaxed, didn't we? Yeah. We just, we just relaxed, and it all came to us. It was unbelievable. It, it was. And that's part of what made yesterday so special. And, yeah. and again, obviously, once the game starts, I'm still as nervous as ever. And and even if you are confident, I'm coming into this with a sense of confidence. But at the same time, there's not just this underlying pressure of, oh, my gosh, uh, we th- this pass didn't go our way. This is going to cost us the first time. Which is going to cost us a game. Uh, which is going to cost another. Then we're going to have another year before everybody comes out winning that <laughs> Kid, and it just builds and builds so to finally, you know, get not just one, but to get two and, and to be able to really enjoy uh, these kind of days like yesterday. It is just a, an insanely special time for us. And I know all of us uh, who, again, are, are the, the lifelong George, we're just really enjoying every minute of it. Jermaine King says, I keep waiting on JD and Butler to do a UGA food YouTube show that they will call Let the Bulldog Eat. I love it. So, I love it. Uh, you, well, need to, you need to hit up Jermaine. He's got the ideas. He's got the ideas for you. I love Jermaine. We, we get fed very well at the Hilltop Grill. So, I had some gumbo and bacon wrapped shrimp before it was 11 o'clock in the morning today. So, I, I will say the Bulldog Brunch is the it's the best show of the week. I, I love listening to the Bulldog Brunch. Uh, that's, well, that's the problem with it, Andy, is it makes you hungry. You're like, <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, like bacon wrapped always I'm talking like, about. I don't have any bacon or shrimp. Stop <laughs> it, Jeff. I it, it, Chris Lloyd, who owns uh, Hilltop Grill and Marker 7, who's a good friend, he and his wife, Katie, just a wonderful family. And uh, Chris, the owner of Hilltop and Marcus, his father-in-law, Katie's dad, is the legendary, the great Jack Davis, the the, the famed yeah. uh, cartoonist. So I've just been very close with the family for a long time. And uh, Chris actually said, he goes, you know, in the contract, you guys only have to mention us twice. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, if you listen to the Bulldog Brunch, it's probably mentioned at least 20 times, right? Yeah, it's, I was going to say, that's done in the first five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Jeff's just rubbing it in what he's eating for breakfast that morning for brunch to all well, of us. Times, it's This is one of those that they don't teach you in, uh, the, not, not that I ever went to the J school or broadcasting, so I was a political science major, but they don't, they're sometimes coming back and like, oh, like I got a shrimp this morning that was so hot off the fryer. I, I was re- really having a hard time talking. I'm like, <laughs> full of grits and some shrimp and, and some covenant in here. It might not be the most professional broadcasting ever, but we have a blast with it and just kind of that relaxing. It, like I said, the Bulldog Brunch after a Georgia win is the absolute best because i i made myself to try and enjoy the season i i love football i love the game and especially you know we get this time you got the baseball playoffs too and college football the nfl in full swing i, I made a promise to myself I'm not going to start stressing about the next game until after monday night football so I, i've made myself 
enjoy the Sunday and, and kind of that next day. And Tuesday's kind of the day when we turn the page. Well, let's be honest. You're, I was going to say, he's already stressing about Georgia Tech, aren't yeah. you? You're already worried about that game. Five days a year. You got to wait. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you've had 23 brunches in a row. That's pretty strong, Jeff, with, without a problem. It, it is it is really, really strong. And, yeah, the, the Tech game, um, Emily told me I was, I was a liar. I always said if we ever wanted on Chris Brain, one of my old co-hosts, and, and the great David Johnson, I love those guys. And uh, what I'd said, if we ever win at all, I promise I'm not going to stress week to week until the Tech game. And Emily's so bad. He's such a liar. I like the Tuesday of the Oregon game last year. So it's, you know, it's in our blood and we love it. But let's face it, life's a lot better. Life's a lot happier when the dogs are winning. Hey, Jeff, so you're you're probably probably doing the show last night uh, because we were doing our, we do a post game overreaction show. We call it the POS. It's very off kilter. It's not a, it's nothing radio could handle. Um, And and YouTube barely does. So uh, we have some characters that call in. And uh, I'm sure that you were broadcasting probably around the same time when when Tech won that game. Uh, did it did it shoot a little little shimmer down your spine there? A little what, what's did, going on there? For for first of all, I, I, I'm a pretty good student of sports and pretty good student <laughs> of sports history. That is maybe the decision I've ever seen in my life yeah. for. A, coaching a football team just when you've got a chance to take a knee and the game is over i have no idea what they're thinking and it's even when somebody asks, well what about was it the spread oh the spread was 20 and a half i mean that that's <laughs> not an issue there but you take a knee and the game is over and you know got the herm edwards the, the miracle of the meadowlands with joe pasarchik back in the late 70s that that kind of started the victory formation I have no idea what Miami was thinking, what Mario Cristobal was thinking. I mean, to me, and you know, I'm sure it'd be too expensive. That just to me, it's a fireable offense. That, that's yeah. it's, it's handing it off, handing it off is one thing. Jeff, they were in the shotgun. Yeah. I don't. I mean, he had to like get the ball and then turn around and hand it off, and then they fumbled. And by the way. His arm was down, so it wasn't a fumble. But you know what? If you're going to lose the game, you don't deserve that call. If you're going to do that at the end of the game, take the knee, take the win. He should have been fired when the clock hit zero, Jeff. That was was atrocious. Atrocious. It is bad a coaching decision as I've ever seen. Uh, It just so we're so our Josh Connor, he's got his computer up, and we're at the hotel, and we're watching this, and they kind of had the. I said, well, does does Tech have two teams. No, 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 no. Tech's out of timeouts. And you're just sitting there thinking, what? And then what did they have? Was it 70 yards they had to get? Yeah. To? Yeah. 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 I'm sure. Now, in Miami's defenders' defense, they were probably completely shelled. You're not, I mean, you're you're taking your pads off, saying, hey, sure. we're, we're going to get drinks after. You know, I'm going to go meet up with my girlfriend. And then all of a sudden, now you got to go back out there on the field right now and give Tech credit. I mean, it's, it's one thing to get a break, it's another thing to cash in. And they mm-hmm. kept in on that. That was just staggering what happened. I don't know what he was thinking. That's what I would love to hear his rash like what like what he says, oh, this is why I did that, because there's nothing you can say. The game's over. I, that's the dumbest, the dumbest the, call I've ever the seen. Crazy, 
Here's the crazy part too, Jeff, you're a student of the game. He did the same thing when he was at Oregon in 2018 against uh, Stanford, apparently. So that yeah. was brought up. Yeah, I see that comes. I mean, that's one. That's one of those like you you, sh- you shouldn't do that one. I mean, but, but for it to happen again, I just I just completely don't get it. But you know, it's college football, and then that happens. I got home late and was doing a little work on the magazine, and uh, you know, flip on the. I'm watching the end of that the Arizona. I mean, that was an unbelievable game. It, it it's just one of those years. And, and yesterday was one of those days. There's nothing like college football. I know that there's a lot that, that's gone on and more change that I'm not not a huge fan of in these last three years, but but there's still nothing like these that there's nothing like these today. And yes, really, really great. I want to move on to a little bit of Braves. I know you're not a huge Braves fan, Jeff, but before we do that, Roy Woods asked, uh, Jeff, what do you think uh, Munson would think about the last three or four seasons? I know he would find something to be worried about. What, what do you think uh, that, he'd be saying right now? Yeah, the master, the greatest. I love that man so much, and um, I wish he would have been around to see it. And uh, he, I, I just think so many of our great bulldogs, like the Mighty Monks and, and Coach McGill, and and what this would have meant to them, and Jack Davis, and and, and I know they're all watching Bulldog Heaven. I was so thankful Coach Dooley got to see the national championship. Yeah. Up- but I, I think one of the things that's interesting too, kind of when you think about talking about with Munson and so many of his great calls, and thinking about like hunker down in 1982 against Auburn, that uh, blowing teams out has not been Georgia's tradition. And the the two national championship teams, 26 of our 29 wins were, were by double digits, and that, I'm just that's very un Georgia like. I always go back to. The 82 team will always be near and dear to my heart. Um, we have an 11 and 0 regular season. We trailed in seven of those 11 games. The 80, you know, Tennessee, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Notre Dame, any of those games could have gone the other way. So uh, to be able to not only win, but, you know, I'm sitting there thinking last year when we're, is the reigning national champion, Auburn 42 to 10. Like that's just that's not supposed to happen, but it did. It's awesome. Well, Paul, before we move, um, you want to do a little dog track? Oh, I yeah. Got yeah, Andy's got a uh, cool little segment that we do each week called the Dog Tracks, where he highlights a couple guys in the NFL that are former dogs that just lit it up. So, who you got for us this weekend? Who, 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 who by the way, don't play for the Falcons. So I'll just get that yeah. out there right now. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't. We don't draft those guys. Right. Um, but no, so this first one is actually a player in Major League Baseball. This is the special one for J- for JD. So Kyle Farmer is playing in the postseason with the Minnesota Twins, and he had a he had a really good um, regular season. He he hit he had eleven home runs. He hit two fifty three with a uh, three fourteen on base percentage. And he's like I said, he's in the postseason. He's had two games, and he's had a bat in the postseason. So that's strong. I know that's one of your favorite Bulldogs. So. Um, Kyle, that was so proud of him. I don't know if you guys know this. He got hit in the face with a pitch yeah. early, mm-hmm. and it was that Kyle is tough. He was a heck of a quarterback at Marist, and he came out. And I'm telling you guys, in in the, the last I guess two weeks of the season, he had a ten game hitting streak. It was really going well. Kyle can play a million positions, so I'm excited. I know they're about to have first pitch here, and yeah. he's starting lineup tonight. And then uh, you got a great Sunday night game with the 49ers and the Cowboys. And I love yeah. Charlie 
Werner playing for San Francisco. So uh, those are two of my favorite Bulldogs. So I'm uh, going to go have a little victory cigar on the patio here when I'm done with you guys and, uh, and, and kind of have the, the quick view button going between uh, Charlie and Kyle tonight. Who, um, who else you got? The next two guys, they came from the same game, but they were um, on opposite teams. So Jacksonville Jaguars, they played, well, they were at, they were the Buffalo Bills were the um, were the home team, but they were in London. So um, the Jaguars did win 25 to 20. But Tyson Campbell, he had five total tackles, three solo, and he had one tackle for loss. Okay. Um, okay. And then Leonard Floyd, of course, plays for Buffalo. He had two total tackles, two solo, but he had two sacks and he hit the quarterback twice. So it's a pretty good day for Leonard Floyd. So. Yeah. It, it, I think the total is, oh, it might be give or take. With, with roster movements, I think we've got 50 guys in the NFL. Yeah, that's crazy. Be very proud of. So it's, uh, it's yeah, that's a good call. On, and then, of course, we've got Trayvon Walker playing for the Jags as well. And I, I yeah. love football on Sundays and, and watching those guys who, who were so great at Georgia uh, and, and watching them succeed and just the, the, the roots that that continues to form for the program. It's incredible. Yeah, it used to be Jeff. You you'd watch games and you'd like, you try to find that Georgia player. Now it's it's really hard to miss them. You know they're, they're yeah. out there starting, and I mean it, unless know. you're watching the Falcons, then you can miss again. Them. Yeah, well, exactly. But hey, Jeff, we're gonna. I don't want to bore you with with Braves talk or Falcons talk unless you want to stay on. You're you're more than welcome. No, that's. I'll I'll tell you this real quick though. I think for the Braves right now, you know, baseball, the major league postseason is so much. In the regular season, way more than the postseason. The regular season are different than football and basketball, and yeah, it's just one of those deals that you know. Well, they haven't been shut out since May. Yeah, they haven't I mean, been out shut out at home all year, Jeff. All year, you know, they go oh for five RISP, and you know, I, I saw maybe. Five pitches last night, just kind of running back and forth through the press box. But I guess it was in the eighth when there's first and third with one out. The Phillies made unbelievable double. Yeah. If that ball's three inches the other way, uh, you got three to one and two on with one out, and who knows what happens. So there, there's a lot of pressure definitely uh, to win on Monday. And uh, got to win tomorrow. Really, really good. So. Uh, you know, hot take here. It would be nice to get off to a good start right now. But these three out of five series, I mean, it, it is an absolute. Yeah. And the big thing is, you know, if you take one as the away team in these three out of fives, you have a huge, huge advantage moving forward. And that's what the Phillies have. So the dog, uh, the dogs, <laughs> the dogs are doing just fine. The, the Braves are going to have to fight from behind. We're, we're, hey, we're used to saying the dogs have to fight from behind. They didn't have to do it this Saturday, though. Jeff. Thank you so much. Wait, 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 wait. Before Jeff goes, please plug your show and tell everybody how they can listen to you 12 to 1 on the Superstations every day. The Superstations.com. No, it's a lot of fun. And uh, the the great Bill Shane, love Bill. Uh, We we talked back late last spring, and he asked if I'd be interested. I tried to talk him out of hiring me about four or five times. (laughs) Hey, can I say this real quick, Jeff? When, when all that broke out and, and Bill was, like, going through the transitions, he actually called me and he said, what do you think about Jeff Dancer doing a show? I said, are you kidding me? I'm in. I mean, he, he literally asked me that. And I said, 
absolutely. I mean, you need Jeff Dantzler. And he told me he had to convince you to do it. So, I mean, come on, Jeff. He Well, I, it's one of those things, though, with between basketball and baseball, and I do the SEC Plus for Georgia soccer games and, yeah. and magazine. It kind of gets – and, again, not that we're digging ditches here, but the the kind of getting to that <laughs> week grind. Uh, like I said, I, I, I try to talk about it hiring me several times, but it's a lot of fun. I'm loving it. And, and just that area, it's like I, I'm going to echo what Gordon Beck when he was on me, one of these are my people. <laughs> that, that part of the state is very, very, very special to me. And, uh, you know, we, we just live in such a wonderful state here. And, and that's why it's just so exciting and uh, to be enjoying these incredible times that, that we're having right now with our sports teams. It's very, very special. Well, well, Jeff can can he can verify that I had sent him messages on Twitter like start a podcast because when the home team when the home team ended that's what I listened to every afternoon that was my drive home and you know working out you know that's what I listened to and then when the home team ended I was like man this sucks and so I was like begging JD I was like look I'll help you with a podcast I'll do everything I don't care just you've gotta we've gotta have the JD perspective on Georgia Bulldogs so and especially after winning the national championship that was. You know that that was kind of that was pretty bad that Jeff Dantzler wasn't on the radio the next day to uh, you know talk about it Monday. So, yeah. well, you're you're very kind, and I will tell you a quick funny story. But before, if y'all got time, the absolutely, the, of course, we, we drove to Indianapolis and we went uh, two days before. I, I, I got a I got a pass from calling a basketball game, and we we stopped in Nashville, happy, and uh, then went to. Sunday. The game was Monday night. Emily had to be back at school on Wednesday. So we drove the whole way. Traffic was awful coming back. And like I said, reason number 1,047, it was great to win that it's like, good Lord. Uh, my wife turned down a private plane to fly back. And I said, listen, everybody said, like, if we lose, you do not want to be in the car with them. And uh, that, that 11 hour drive, like I said, thank goodness we won. No, it, it was definitely a magic carpet ride. So uh, that was, you know, that, that, and like I said, just to do that and to think that we've won 39 of our last 40 games. I mean, that's the type of thing it, it, when you read your history books, like Oklahoma yeah. in the 50s, no, Notre Dame with, with Newt Rotten. I mean, Bear Bryant never even did that at Alabama. It really is amazing times. And coach, we're doing it with. He's one of ours. Uh, he, he was a great player at Georgia. Mary Beth, his wife, was a great player at Georgia. They were both academic All-SEC, academic All-Americans. And, and that, that often is what they've given back to the university. Uh, makes it excellent. Yep. Sure. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. We surely appreciate it. I'm sure I'll see you in the press box some game this week. Like, this year, we, like, we, we do our show right after the game. And uh, we have the crazies like Eddie and Andy calling in, so I have to entertain them. Um, really, they're, they're very mild compared to some of the some of the calls yeah, we get. We are very mild. Mano, Mano is next level. So, well, you guys are great, and I appreciate all the support and the kind words uh, as always. And uh, you guys just just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job, and I appreciate all the support for the University of Georgia that you have. Jeff, take care, my Thanks, friend. Jeff. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Jeff. I got, I got, yeah. I Masters Cup, too. There so. you go. All right. <laughs> See you, Jeff. What a good guy, man. What a good oh, man. guy. Best. Um, the best.
Yeah, Jeff's awesome. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that, you know, like I said, you turn on the radio on Saturdays and, oh, yeah. and Jeff Dansler is on there. It doesn't matter what time you turn it on. Uh, and then, you know, it's it's always good to hear from him uh, when he's in the press box, guys. And when I used to go to the games and be in the press box, you could talk to him for a couple minutes, but he was he was back to the action. He just watched really? the game. Yeah, he yeah. was not he was not playing around uh, at all. So, um well, that's what I love about him and, and the guys that we follow, like Bill Shanks, like Lauren Smith. They're not only reporters and they're that's their job. They love the team and they that they're ingrained with it. You know, they're just like us. That's what I love. They, they used to do the the post game show at the Georgia Center. So <clears throat> I would you know I'd be coming back from the games and you know because I worked there we would always you know like put our stuff in our offices or whatever. And so, um, so yeah, we would walk through. They'd be doing the post game. I mean, at the Tate Center, right? They do it at the Tate Center. Well, no, he does it now at Hotel Indigo, but they used Uh, to. uh, They would do it at the Georgia Center. And so, like, so they we have a room called Dogwood Hall, and that's where they would broadcast from. And so we'd hang out, just sitting there, listen to him and Kevin Butler talk. It was it was always good to to listen to them on the radio or right there in front of them. So what you just told us, Andy, is that uh, you have a free bathroom for everybody since you have keys to the Georgia Center. So that's awesome. So if you I, ever see Andy Snow, you need right. to use the bathroom at a tailgate. Uh, he's got some special ones for you. Uh, uh, Anthony, Anthony's going to be in your hip pocket this yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, 20 minutes left, and that leaves just enough time to talk. It is probably the most I want to talk about both of these teams right now. Um, we'll start with the Bravos. Near and dear to our heart. Uh, we So we have a group chat, Eddie, Andy, and I. And right when the lineup came out for this game, uh, I, I don't remember which one said the uh, explicitives first. I don't, I don't think Andy Cuss is actually. He's a good guy. Uh, it was either Eddie or I. Um, what does that mean? Not a good guy? I mean, you know. Look, and when we saw that Austin Riley was batting second, man, um, why, why, why change something that's been worth? You have the best offense to ever play a 162 game season. And then game one, you change it up like that. And yes, sure. That doesn't help the fact that there were strikeouts and this, that, and the other, but it changes the chemistry, right? You've played 162 games with basically the same lineup yep. with a, with a couple tweaks to it, but now, now it's completely tweaked. Andy, what's up, man? Man, I don't know. It's it's stupid. And I, I, I love Snip, but that is you're overthinking what you're doing. Because, look, when when you're batting second to third, that is a completely different mentality. Because second, you know, Austin Riley, when he moved up to two, he's starting to think, well, I've got to maybe shorten my swing more. I've got to maybe just put it in play. I'm not trying to hit the long ball. You know, it changes your whole thing. I did not he's like pressing. it. He just said yes. he's pressing. Yes, because it's trying to do something completely different. And and Austin Riley is not a two-hitter. Ozzie Albies is the two-hitter, and he's been great at it. And, you know, if you're going to make that big of a change, why not put Michael Harris at two and then put you know put Riley or um, Ozzie Albies at maybe five if you're wanting to do that. But the lineup had – I mean, it's the most – it's the best offense ever. And then you, you change what you did for 162, basically. Then you change it – you're, I just think they were overthinking it. I think it was a bad idea, and maybe it didn't hurt the or make the outcome be zero and three. But you got shut out for the first time in, I mean, five months, and so I don't know. I think it was a bad call, and I 
I would be shocked if they didn't go back to the original lineup tomorrow. Marvin Charles says, if it's not broken, don't fix it, Snit. Eddie, that leads me to my next question. Andy threw it right at you. Does this lineup go back to how it was during the regular season? Or is it like, oh, we changed the lineup. This is what we're going to roll out there. What's it going to look like tomorrow, 607? Austin Riley in the two-hole, or are we, we back to hopefully the regular <laughs> scheduled programming? Well, I think Snit actually got outsmarted, and we all love Brian Snitker. But, we do. Um, we do. We love him. I mean, we'll never forget what he did on that run two years ago. I'm looking at that poster right over there. That's why I did that, because it was <laughs> unbelievable. Um, but they – I think we all thought, wow. and I think Snitker thought they were going to start Wheeler, right, on short rest. And he didn't do that. He started Ranger Suarez. And so Snit had kind of had to react – or. I think he overreacted to that yeah. and he switched the lineup because of Ranger Suarez. Right. And it did not work in his favor. Now here's the thing though. This is crazy. We had eight strikeouts yesterday. Okay. And believe it or not, we have averaged eight strikeouts. I looked it up every game this year. It's been, the average has been eight. So we were not over or above that. Right. I thought we were, but strikeouts in the postseason are magnified. Yeah. Michael Harris is up with the bases loaded, and he misses that ball by a foot to strike out, magnified by 110 times, okay? So, yeah, I think Snit overthought it, and it was bad. It was a bad move because Ozzy was not good in the cleanup spot all year when he was there. Austin is not a two-hitter. He reverses it tomorrow. But the problem, guys, is you pissed away. Sorry if I'm saying a bad word yeah. because Andy doesn't like him. You I'm pissed a good away guy. <laughs> a Strider gem. You pissed it away. He went seven innings. He only gave up five hits, one earned run, two walks, and eight strikeouts. That I mean, that was a wasted. Andy was pissed game. off. He wanted to go back in the game. Do you see yeah. him yelling at him? He, yeah. he wanted to go back. Red Wilmex says has to go back to what has been all year. Baseball is 90% mental and 10% physical. I only played minor league ball, but I've always been coached that and taught it myself. Yeah. It was very strange. Uh, very, very strange to see that. Now here's the other thing, guys, we've got freed coming back yeah. and he'll be, he'll be starting uh, tomorrow. Let's hope that that blister, like Bill Shanks said, I hope he peed on it uh, yeah. because nope. if, if it comes back, this series could get out of hand and then we kind of look at this thing uh a week from now and see that the the Braves aren't in it anymore how big of a letdown does it put on this humongously powerful uh season that they had it is the biggest letdown since maybe what 96 or 97 or something I mean like if they don't win the if they don't win the whole thing and especially if they lose to the Phillies in the divisional round I mean, that makes it even worse if they, if they lose to the Phillies. But if they do not – I mean, I'm saying if they don't win the whole thing, it to me is a disappointing – it's a disappointing season. I mean, it's – to me, it's championship or bust. Well, it, it, it basically makes all these records just go away. Because, I yeah. mean, yeah, you can look back on them and say how special it was, but in the end, it didn't mean anything. And one more thing, I want to say this, Paul, real quick. The Braves fans in general talk about how awful the Phillies are, the Phillies fans. But I'm sorry, when a call goes against you and you're throwing crap on the field as a Braves fan, you're just as bad as the Phillies fans. And by the way, Murphy said that was the correct call, okay? And one more thing, 
2-0, would have really mattered. We would have lost that game two to nothing anyway. So yeah. what are you doing, Atlanta fans? Stop it with that crap. Yeah, that was that was not a good look. Uh, that, you would you would Terrible. think you would see that in Philly. Yeah, uh, and you see it in Atlanta, and it brings back uh, now. Not that it was right, right? But it brings it was back wrong. The infield fly is what you're going to say. Right. I know. Yeah. Mm. I know. The infield fly was wrong, but still, it, it brings back memories to that. And <laughs> you know, I can't think of another team. I'm sure there has been that's thrown trash on the field since then. But it, it just it's too much, too soon, right? And even though it's been probably ten years. Um, it just is too soon. Yeah. Well, so tomorrow you got Max Reed versus Zach Wheeler. That's um, Max Reed pitched one game against the Phillies this year, and he actually picked he pitched against Zach Wheeler, and that's the game that we touched Zach Wheeler up for like five or six earned that game. Um, but other than that, Zach Wheeler sh- shut us down this year because he's um, three games against us. You have to win tomorrow. You have to win tomorrow. Yeah. You have what's he What's he look like against us in those three games, Andy? Do you have his splits? Yeah, so he's um he's he won two of them, and so that game where we touched him up, he got a no decision, and so did Max Freed and um, Rossell Iglesias ended up getting the win. But um he pitched, he's thrown nineteen innings, thirteen hits, seven runs, and like I said, six came from that one game. Um, so he's had six mm. walks in twenty one Ks. Yeah, so outside of that one game, he's shut us down. So, I mean, well, I'll tell you one thing that wasn't shut down today, guys, and that was Desmond Ritter. That's right. Look at that transition, guys. That's, that's why you hired me here. Professional. Uh, yeah, that's just, you know, big time there. 21-19, the spread, guys, was one. So the Falcons covered the spread with a uh, last second, literal last second field goal uh, with one second on the clock left from uh, Koo. Desmond Ritter today, gentlemen, we have uh, – I don't know if this is our Eat Crow show or not. Um, I, I feel like we need maybe one more, but I'll let you guys decide. Eat it. I'll eat it. You'll eat it right now. Okay. No. I, I think I need one more game. I, I need to see one more game before I'll, I'll fully eat my Desmond Ritter crow. Now, I will say, did great. Did great. 28 of 37, 329, and a touchdown. <clears throat> and here's the crazy part, gentlemen. The absolute craziest thing about this all. The two leading receivers, guys, in this game. Yes. Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Uh Really? Wow. They were used. That's the big thing. That is the thing you draft these guys so high and you finally throw to them instead of Johnny Smith, who's like 75 journeyman tied in. I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing. Use your guys. I mean, that was that's been you know the biggest issue for the Falcons, I think. It's not using yeah. the guys that need the ball. So. Frederick, read that. Yeah, Frederick says uh, I think that Mac Hollins might have scared Ritter straight. I think and- he's right. And guess who uh, was the lead blocker on on Ritter's yep. touchdown run? Yep. Mac Collins. Yep. So you know sometimes you just need a little tough love. Now this Falcons team, guys, this defense is pretty good. We talked. Oh yeah. About this defense yeah. is this defense can hang with I think just about anybody in the league. Uh, what's not Philadelphia? Yeah. What's tough though is you look at who's playing tonight. You got the 49ers and Cowboys. This team wouldn't I don't think would stand a chance against those two. Uh, and your, your goal, right, is the playoffs. Those That's where you want to be. You have an easy enough division. You get this thing moving in the right direction. It's tough, though, when you go and, and start looking at Philadelphia, 49ers, Cowboys. How far can this team really get? But today was, you know, overall, I, I think you just got to keep winning, right? Oh, that's not the goal. I mean, we're not looking what is, at the Cowboys. So then what is the goal? Well, the Cowboys and the 49ers and the Eagles, they're all in an upper echelon. We're not there yet. 
win the division and get to the playoffs or even get there as a wild card. That's the goal, right? And the, the division yeah. is crappy. Two things. Stop turning the ball over. We had two atrocious fumbles today that could have cost us the game, right? Stop turning the ball over. I love the defense, like you said. It's phenomenal. It's 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 a it's heads and shoulders above what it was last year. Okay. Kickers are huge. Aaron Murray, are you listening? Kickers are huge. Koo won the game for us. Okay. He doesn't like kickers. And lastly, I was most impressed with this. And I know it's the Texans. They don't draw in people, but the crowd was great. The Falcons crowds typically suck. You could hear it on the TV. They were into that game, yeah. and it was a, it was loud coming through the TV. I was very proud of our crowd today. I thought it was great. Are you sure that wasn't the speakers again, Eddie? <laughs> no, it wasn't the speakers. It was the crowd. I mean, you know, if they if they win and start playing good, people will go. I mean, that's just yeah, but they're not even there yet. That's what I'm most proud about. Yeah. This, is, this is a touch and go situation right now. We don't half the fan base is against Arthur Smith, half, half the fan base like me hates mm-hmm. Arthur Blank, etc. You know, you're going in the wrong direction. But let me say this B. John Robinson, I know we talk about what a stud this guy is every week. That play he made on the goal line where he had to like corral the ball. The ball is behind his back. Yeah. He's literally, as he's getting the ball, making a cut to make the defender miss. And then he pulls it back around and gets in the end zone. That guy is an alien. He is un, he is Brock Bauer esque in the NFL. That's what he is. Trevor says undefeated at home. Exactly. Right. We got to see if Ritter can win on the road. Andy, who do they have next week? Um, putting you on the spot here. I love, you know, that's, that's one thing. I love the dog tracks from Andy and I love putting them on the spot, Eddie. Um, He's good at it. He can handle I know. I know. The Washington, well, I was going to say Redskins, the commanders. Yeah. The commanders. That's a winnable game. That's a winnable game. That's in Atlanta. So. Oh, that's a win. Okay. Who's, who's after Washington then? At Tampa Bay. Hey, that's, that's a winnable game. That's hey. a house of horrors for us. Tampa at Tampa Bay. Oh my God. That's just a house of horrors. Yeah. And then, and then you Tampa got Bay. at Tennessee. Hey. I mean, we might be looking at a six and two football. Settle game. down, Paul. They're <laughs> sucking us in. You know, well, what so you the do. thing is F is three and one. So um, I mean, that's you know, they um they play, I guess that's they play that's three and that's Thursday night. Yeah, so I mean, it could be that that's for the division lead, and um, and then you got, of course, Tennessee. What's their their record right now? They're two and three, so they're not any good. And and then you got Minnesota after that. So and who knows? They may trade their quarterback. I mean, so I don't know. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be yeah, interesting. You you do that, Paul. But let's not forget what happened last week and the week before. Absolute yes. garbage, garbage. Okay, now. I'll give Ritter credit. He had a great game today. Does that, like you said, does that continue? And and hopefully it does. But he's the key, you know. I mean, the defense is the defense is keeping you in the game. And if Ritter stops throwing the ball to the other team like he did in the previous games, that today he did very well. He had time today. He's the he key. He did have time. He didn't get sacked one time today. Right. So that, that's that's without I mean, Caleb McGarry. Caleb McGarry was out. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who's in. His name's Dane Young. He's coming in right now. Right. Dane. Hey. Paul, I feel like I see you enough on weekends. Maybe we should just get an apartment together or something. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm just sitting here just talking to YouTube. 
uh, all weekend. But you know, can't complain, right? Gotta, I mean, gotta... tis, tis the season. You it know? is. Right. It is indeed. This is what uh, we get paid the big bucks for. That's why. That's why Roddy is just got a ton of us out there, minions running around. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> you've got the film "Don't Lie" coming up here on this same channel. You're drinking spicy water right now. I'm addicted to Topo Chico, man. I, I need to get that sponsor happening. That have you guys had that spicy water? Yeah, I have. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's I not. Must admit it's, it's pretty good. Out of the glass it, bottle, it can't do it out of the plastic bottle. That's just not. That's a subpar experience. Andy, Andy, it is for the elites of the world. Okay, and I, well, I don't even drink, so this is not. Yeah, al- this is not water, alcoholic. Not al- no, I, mean, I, I thought it was something special. This, right, is, this no. is bubbly water. This, this is yeah, some this, water this they is, have up north. I guarantee yeah, you, Doc, Doc you drink you drink spicy water, don't you? No. No? Well, he's, yeah. not, he's not elite. I mean, Dana and I are elite. elite. What, do you want, what do you want us to say? We're elite. Put, put out the pinky finger. High right. quality H2O, I guess. Is that, that that stuff right there, it'll put, it'll put hair on your chest. I don't like it at all. I love it. I'm addicted. <laughs> what are you guys talking about on uh, FDL tonight? Combination of things. One, uh, yeah, Carson Beck was that good. Um, two, Kentucky did not help not itself at all. Now, yeah, Georgia exploited – Georgia exploited everything Kentucky left out there. So I'm not trying to, to say that Georgia didn't live up to it, but Kentucky was even worse on, on the tape than I realized. Did you think else? The biggest thing is you dictated the pace of the game with your offense. Like when you do that, we talked about it last night on the, on the show, you play to your strengths and the strengths of your defense is your secondary. So now you, you make teams throw, you're playing to your strength. You're a throwing team. You're good at defending the pass. That's that's the name of the game right now with this group. I hey, I have, I have a question for you two guys, yeah. Dane and Brent. Is 608 <laughs> yards and 51 points good? I, I just can't figure out if Bobo's a good offensive play caller or not. I, th- I think that's okay. Okay. I think we can still do better. I don't know that they got all the yards they could have gotten technically. Right. Just checking. The other thing is this week gave me even more respect for – how Hugh Freeze at Auburn coached up the previous week because a lot of the same things that Leary has problem with, with downfield throwing Peyton Thorne does too, except Peyton Thorne can run a little bit, not a lot. And Hugh Freeze just schemed the heck out of Georgia. Well guys, we'll get on out of here. Make sure you stay around. If you're watching us now, I'll I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, so, Hey, can you get us a win? Wait, can you get us a run? Just a run. I will do my best. He, he he might not drink spicy water, guys, but he gets Braves tickets, so he's also elite. Andy, maybe me and you will get there one day. We appreciate you so much. The All Things Georgia call-in show. Jeff Dancer, thank you so much for joining us. For Eddie from Ackworth, Andy Stowe, I'm Paul Meharry. Make sure you guys stick around and watch this uh, film Don't Lie with Spicy Water Dane in the dock. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.